This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and I will talk about the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling on the Bill Cosby case, abortion limiting legislation making its way through several state legislatures, and the entrapment defense that's being used by defendants that are charged with the attempted kidnap of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Coming up next. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into the Outlaw Lawyer. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate, joined as always by Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. 46 combined years' experience between these two. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, and they have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And as always, if you come up with your own legal question and you need some answers, we've got a number for you 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information, <coughs> briefly what the call is about, and an attorney with Whitaker & Hamer will be in touch. Gentlemen, uh, it's, it's a pleasure. It's great to see you. I mean, we, we normally do this audio-wise, but now we're into video. I love this. Uh, what's going to be, I guess, peak interest on the show today? Morgan, before we get there, I think we do need a disclaimer that we are not accustomed uh, to doing this and being, uh, being on, on TV. Oh, okay. right? I think everybody needs to know that we're not going to be super camera ready today. <laughs> we're probably going to make some mistakes because this is a new, we're usually in a little closet with our headphones on and our, our mics in front of us. So, so bear with us uh, as this is our first try at uh, a, a videotaped Outlaw Lawyer show. Um, this, that was a good disclaimer. I, we, I think it's important. We uh, I do the show from a closet usually. <laughs> it's me in a closet, uh, dark, yeah. with my headphones, and that's it, man. So well, and I don't your, know your I kids banging and on the door. And my kids banging on the door, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. All right, so if you're, if you're used to listening, listening to us as a podcast, we're still going to be there. If you're used to listening to us on the radio, we're still going to be there. But now uh, we're going to have a YouTube channel, and, and on the website we'll have the video. So uh, just adding another, another dynamic to the, to the outlaw lawyer. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, I think... The most important thing that happened in the past week was that Scott Hall passed away. Yeah, that's that's not even in your notes because that's so fresh. I, but, I, uh, I hand wrote it. You hand wrote it in. <laughs> yeah, man, that's terrible. Um, a I mean, big part of my childhood, man. Early '60s, right? '63, '63. But but he had been struggling for a while now. If you uh, if you've been listening, I think it comes up from time to time that that we're closet. Wrestling fans. I guess we're out of the closet, closet. with our wrestling fandom. Oh, yeah, that's how you're supposed to describe me wrestling fan. <laughs> but, uh, but Scott Hall was very important. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan who grew up in the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, 80s and 90s, he was a, he was a big deal. And um, what was the name of the movie? Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts? Was that the movie that... The one, the yeah, Jake Snake movie? Yeah. Yeah. Talked so, about his recovery from addiction. Yeah, so even though it's yeah. about Jake the Snake, Scott Hall's recovery, he, he had an alcohol, maybe some other things I don't really remember. But it's mainly, I think it was alcohol and then pain pills probably. That's usually the, yeah. the, the cocktail the wrestlers get on. So. And, and so he was pretty far gone and uh, and and came back. That movie's a, Even if you're not a wrestling fan, that movie's a really good movie to watch, I think. And um, uh, But no, Scott Hall did did pass away. Said he was getting a hip replacement surgery. Had a hip couple replacement of had three heart attacks after it. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Blood clot got loose. Yeah. So, but um, we met him. We met him. Uh, I don't know if you recall. That. Yeah. The, at one of our indie wrestling shows we went to. Right, we and, did. Uh, yeah, man, a larger than life character. Um, he really it made an impact, man. So, so you 
you know, his story was a good story. So no matter, whether you're a wrestling fan or you're not a wrestling fan, uh, could have, he could have been a football player. He could have been anything. Sure. But, you know, he was, he was in the throes of addiction, um, got help from his friends. He was well-liked. He got help from his friends, and, and he came back. And did you see the quote from his Hall of Fame speech that kept showing up on social media? Do you I remember, did, Josh. Do you remember what it was? I remember uh, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. That's the gist of the end of the quote. Yeah, so, he says, yeah. He says uh, I didn't write it down either, but, yeah, he says, um, he says, hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last. And then he was known as the bad guy. That was his persona, so he said, but bad guys do. But I think no matter what you're doing, that bad times don't last like I I keep remembering that like I don't think right now I'm going through a, a bad time in my personal life this has got to be the peak this is the peak for you so right. this this exact yeah. moment this moment's yes. as good as it gets so it doesn't apply to me personally right now right. but we all we all have our our bad times and and that's just going to stick with me you know um I think that's something that probably uh you know bad times don't last I feel like I'm gonna get that tattooed on my forearm and you just should, like man. just like point to it and now the people can hold you accountable because <laughs> they can right. see your forearm you know, you know what else? Uh, this is another. This is an experiment that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's come out on the show before that. As a as an older person, I enjoy CBS Sunday Morning. It's a great. Show. I think it you is. said that. I yeah. tune you out usually. <laughs> long long, long form that. stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very nice. Very relaxing. You can have a lot of coffee while you watch it. It's very nice. More upbeat stories. That's right. Yeah. This week was really good, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. They always do a special on people who have passed away during the week. They always have this little yeah. segment. They never do. I've never seen a professional, maybe there has been, I've never seen a professional wrestler featured on that little vignette mm. that they do. Um, but I'm I'm going to write an angry letter if they don't feature do Scott it. Hall. Write it right. Well, that's, I think that makes because sense. Because they're really big as, as a fan of... Angry letter? How about a concern? Yeah. Concern. <laughs> yeah. Concern. You start concerned. It's, it's Sunday morning. It's a, it's it's a, a concern it's letter, a and then the follow-up letter is an angry letter if they don't consent. Right. If they don't immediately make their demands, right. yeah. Well, they spend so much time. They talk about the arts, which is great, mm-hmm. right? They always have a segment on the arts, and they. I, I'm not a fan of musical theater. I know you're I mean, a huge yeah. fan of yeah, musical yeah, theater. I love it. I love I it. Know, what gave it away? I don't know Morgan's stance on musical theater. Yeah. Love it. Okay, love good. It. Love it. See, I, I dislike it. See, I'm not a fan. And so well, you're not cultured, right? Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But in my mind, professional wrestling, musical theater, the same. Two, two sides of the same coin. Right. right? It's yeah. just two tellings of a story. Sure. You know, musical theater has a better image than pro wrestling. The point being, CBS Sunday Morning doesn't spend any time talking about pro wrestling. But they spend a lot of time talking about musical theater. Uh, and I think I they should it. be on the same level in society. Would you go see a musical about the life of Scott Hall? Oh, yeah, it's a tough one, right? As long as there's no dance fighting. I can't ah. stand dance fighting. Regular fighting is okay, but dance fighting is good for I am you. against yeah. dance fighting. But anyway, I think that was the most important thing. I know the Ukraine stuff's still going. I'm still paying a lot of attention to that. I can't not pay attention it's to like that. like Scott Hall and that, that Ukraine thing is still going on. That's a thing that's, that's still happening. a thing. Um, yeah. But you know what else? I, I was talking to a lot of people, the ACC tourney. The ACC tournament was this past weekend. I know we like to talk about sports. Sure. I didn't watch any of the ACC tournament. For the first time in my life, I didn't watch the state game. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. As a state fan, I couldn't couldn't put myself through that. But I didn't watch a single. I didn't watch the championship game. I didn't turn to it on a commercial by accident. This was the first year. I completely ignored it even happened. Well, that's a great story. Uh, seven seed Virginia Tech. Uh, a lot of players that no one else wanted. A couple of Wofford transfers came uh-huh. with the coach. 
uh, shot lights out for four straight games. I mean, really, really impressive beating UNC. And yeah, and well, the crazy thing is, is they they had they needed overtime, right, for the first game. It was like close. You don't know. I'm talking to you. Uh, close game, and then they came out and smoked everybody. So some would call that a great story. Some would call that a tragedy. Um, really, none of it. You didn't care. It, well, why? Just because state's terrible? And because of Brooklyn as opposed to Greensboro? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was everything. And then this, the multiple days. It's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I work now. You know, my work where my desk is, my place that I work, I have a TV, like, right in front of me. So I got my monitors, and I got a TV. I usually keep it on something during the day. Simpsons? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the Simpsons. But I could have just turned it on. Yeah. And I, I didn't even go through the I, – I, clicking to turn it yeah. on was too much trouble. So do you think kids – you think they even put it on in classrooms? Because no. that was the big thing, right? You would yes. always watch the ACC right tournament is. in class, and that was, like, a huge thing. Mm. I doubt it. I don't think so. It's, it's – there's too many teams, man. Let's kick some people out of the ACC. Well, in the, you know, if they keep combining conferences and stuff, and that eventually what we're going to be, we're just going to be like a, yeah. I don't know. I think, it's a, a, I think it's more of a college basketball in general just isn't what it used to be. I mean, the game has changed. You've got the one and done. I mean, it's just different, man. It's different. And it will never be the same, really. I, I would have never imagined. If you go back to, like, when I was in middle school, I'd have never imagined there'd be a time where I would not even know – I did figure out Virginia Tech one. I saw a screen or something. <laughs> it's you know? not a mystery, man. <laughs> yeah, but but like, I, if I'm not a, if I'm not paying attention, yeah. you know, they're losing. That's yeah, big. People. Yeah, it's big. It is. Yeah. You're right. That's fair. I paid attention. Um, I was in Disney World for a cheer competition, and so I, I was watching on my phone. How did you place? Oh man, <laughs> we played. It was a third place finish. Um, I'm not a good flyer. The girls <laughs> can't keep me up. The 11 to 12 year old girls. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I watched. I mean, I didn't watch every game. I watched Duke play. I watched. I caught the tail end of some games, so I wasn't as like super invested as I, as I have been before. But um, you would have cared if State was good. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably. a big part of it. Yeah, so. and maybe you know, maybe next year. That's what we say, right? That's that's the <laughs> that's the famous saying. <laughs> the uh, I wanted to give an update. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fart truck. You guys yeah, might remember that. Remember that. The DM, you know, the, so the fart truck for the folks who didn't listen, the fart truck. Uh, there was a, a molecular biologist out of Asheville who got a vanity license plate, and so we, she got the word fart, F-A-R-T, fart. Um, the DMV, somebody complained about it. The DMV came back, um, and the DMV revoked the vanity plate. Wow! And it got a lot of coverage. They ended up being like, I saw some national outlets pick up that story. Um, so they revoked, uh, they revoked it. I was sad. I was. I don't know that we we made a prediction. I don't think we made a prediction, an official show prediction on that. No, 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 no. If we did, we're gonna say we didn't. I had to um, prove it. Prove yeah, it. prove it exactly. <laughs> show us the actual footage of us saying that. But I was reading a national article and I got the quotes here. But I, and it, it just mentioned randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it mentioned randomly some license plates that were vanity plates that were out there. And one of them was McBoob. <laughs> and it just made me laugh. So I wrote that down because I wanted to remember. And then I was driving yesterday, and I got behind a truck. Uh, I was dropping my kids off at school. I got behind a truck, and the license plate was Beans. But instead of an S, it was a Z. Beans. Beans with nice. a Z. And I, I, I couldn't figure out why that guy would have gotten that. It was just like, a, you know, like an older Toyota truck. And maybe that was his nickname or something. But in my mind, he just went to the DMV. And like just decided on a whim to get a vanity plate, yeah. and they asked him what it should be, and he just said beans. beans. And they he, said, "Oh, well, somebody's already got it with the S." And he was like, 
Z. The Z. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope it's that meaningless. That's a cool nickname. Beans. Drop one of that. That's my one of my kids' nicknames. I have to figure out which one. But, oh, uh, yeah. Starting today. Starting today. Yeah. Beans. Just go home. Hey, beans. All right. Well, as always, we we managed to waste some time today, but we got some real legal topics to to dig into, and and some of them we've talked about before. Um, so we all know we all followed uh, the Bill Cosby criminal case uh, when that was taking place. I think we did a whole show on it. I think we took a deep dive on. On Bill Cosby. It was like all Bill, yeah, all Cosby all the time. Well, that, uh, you know, Bill Cosby went to the Court of Appeals uh, and they reversed it. Bill Cosby is, is home. He's, he's free. Um, but his case went to the U.S. Supreme Court. So there were oral arguments. And, and so the U.S. Supreme Court had to weigh in on it. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, saw a big write-up in a national news outlet about, we've been talking about Roe v. Wade. We've been talking about abortion um, it's come up a lot, the Texas law. And so a lot of states are kind of, in, I think, anticipating that, that Roe v. Wade uh, may be overturned, may, may be altered drastically. And so you're seeing a wave of, of state legislatures making laws restricting uh, abortion in ways that are absolutely contrary to Roe v. Wade now. And so we're going to talk about that. And then something we haven't talked about before, um, back in 2020, uh, Michigan Governor, uh, what was her name? Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmore. Whitmer. Um, Whitmer. Yeah, just no more. There was, Whitmer. There was a there was a kidnapping plot, and I put that in quotes because the defense for a lot of the defendants involved in it is that uh, they were entrapped. Uh, they they're asserting an entrapment defense, um, and entrapment's an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, so we're going to spend some time talking about that. But those are our three big legal issues we're going to tackle today. All right. Well, we got a lot to get into. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, 46 combined years of experience. Again, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina, managing partners of the firm. Offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got your own legal situation and you need some answers, 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information and uh, briefly what it's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can also email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And as always, visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Welcome back in to The Outlaw Lawyer. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Between Josh and Joe, 46 combined years experience, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got your own legal situation that you're dealing with and you've got questions, we've got a number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. You can also email your questions to questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And on the call, just leave your information, contact information, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. So, gentlemen, take it away. I, I want to know who has the license plate McBoob. We're going to bring him on the show. I feel like you're going to bid on it? Yeah. yeah. I feel like we should uh, nickname somebody at the front. I, that, that's McBoob. just a good fraternity style. Yeah, I'm not going to name a kid. and That's not going to be a kid's nickname, but definitely some, someone at the front. Yeah, Beans for sure. is good for the, for the kid. Beans is good for the kid. McBoob. We just give it to our least favorite employee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh. All right. So this this uh, this segment. So Pennsylvania v. Cosby, and we've talked about this before, and how much I love Bill Cosby, and that 
I won't let cancel culture take Bill Cosby away from me. And we separate Bill Cosby as art from his, you know, what, what he's accused of now. Now, you know, uh, well, tell us a little bit about what happened. Jeff. Yeah. So again, Josh, we, like you said, we did a deep dive on this. We did like a whole entire episode. Um, and, and basically in Pennsylvania v. Cosby, what we had is uh, you had justices that they rebuffed a request from the Pennsylvania prosecutors that were trying to revive sexual assault charges against Cosby. Uh, tons of allegations against Cosby, but at issue specifically in this case, you had Cosby being convicted of three counts of aggravated indecent assault for the 2004 drugging and molesting of uh, Andrea Constand was her name. Um, but basically, the, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court threw out Cosby's conviction. conviction. They reasoned that uh, he, was, he had relied on a 2005 press release in which a prosecutor who had cited a lack of sufficient evidence uh, had declined to file charges. And so based on that statement, Cosby had gone on to provide evidence in a civil lawsuit that was brought against him by Constand uh, under the, the assumption and, and the agreement that there wouldn't be criminal charges filed against him. And then that testimony and some of those things that he said under that, that understanding actually were used against him later on. Um, and that was kind of the, the crux of the issue here. Yeah, and for me as an attorney, you know, we, we talk about why, why we do this show, why we do the Outlaw Lawyer, and it's to take items like this and kind of look at them uh, like an attorney would be. Like if this came into my office, how I would dice up the facts and, and what I would advise. And so here this seems obvious to me, and it, it doesn't even get to what Cosby may or may not have done. You know, if Cosby did this stuff, that's that's terrible. Um, but Cosby had an, and, and whether you agree with this or not, Bill Cosby had an agreement with the, the DA, with the prosecutors, that he would not be charged with this crime and relied on it uh, for the civil case. Right. And there was a civil settlement. There was a deposition. All this stuff was under seal. And so Cosby would not have done this had it not been for this agreement. Right, Joe? And and the the new DA, the new prosecutor came in, what, 10 years later? I don't remember how long, how much time had passed, but just said, yeah, I know that agreement's in place. I don't care. We're, we're charging you with this crime. And that's where it should have stopped. Like, I think someone should have stepped in then, like, say, hey, we're wasting a lot of taxpayer money. This is going to fail at, at some point, but there was no, you know, there's this big swoon to punish him for, again, vile acts if, if they're true. Sure. Um, and, of course, there was a trial. Bill Cosby spent two years in jail, I think, two years two in jail? Two or three. I think it was three, but I, I, again. And then, and then it, went to, uh, it went to the next level in the court system, and they were instantly, over, instantly overturned it. Like, you can't do this. Yeah. You know, you, this violates constitutional protections. No one made you agree not to prosecute him. You could have done it then and yeah, threw it out. And then the state kept fighting it. I don't understand why Pennsylvania kept. That's what I would like. I would like someone to go. I don't know if it was the AG or the DA's office. I don't know who in Pennsylvania kind of kept pushing it forward to the U.S. Supreme Court because that's who did it. And the U.S. Supreme Court swatted it down really quick. I was like, yeah, you can't. You can't do this. Yeah. I almost feel like somebody should be criminally liable or civilly liable uh, in Pennsylvania for for continuing to push it forward because um, it just seems like a slam dunk to me. I don't I don't I don't get it. Um, and my my assumption, you asked the question of like who did it and like why, and it's tough, man, because like you said, if you take the allegations as true, like it's terrible. Like the things he did are terrible. He should be punished for those things. So I don't 
I don't want anyone to get confused and think we're advocating, like, right. go Bill Cosby. Like, this was fantastic what you did. That's not the point. Um, From a legal standpoint, all the I's were dotted. And sure. And they shouldn't have done. Right. That's, that's the point. You've got these constitutional protections for a reason. And, and, and whether you agree with, I mean, no one agrees with, with what he allegedly did, but I think everybody agrees with, with the Constitution, the way that it's those protections. Um, and they're necessary, man. You know, they're necessary. And so, and they're a good, these, these, they're a good thing. Like, they have purpose. Would you agree? Like, the, the, yeah. the agreement to not prosecute, to, to bring some of these things out, it's necessary to the way that the system functions. And so, it's important that we protect that. Yeah, when you start studying criminal law, um, when you start studying criminal law on like a law school level or a master's level, and you start reading all these criminal law cases, the defendant has always done something or been accused of something horrible. And a lot, and a lot of times they may have even confessed to it, admitted to it. And, and these, are, these are horrible. I mean, rape, uh, you know, hurting children, you know, just the, the worst of the worst kind of things that have happened. But somewhere along the line, the system has violated uh, their constitutional rights to, to, to get to the end game, I guess, to get to a conviction or, or what have you. Um, and so these, a lot of times these folks will, will get off, and, and you'll hear them talk in the media, they get off on a technicality, or you know, this, this, this child murderer got off on a technicality. But those technicalities are technicalities because they're important. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah, it's not, and it's not the, the – it's – that's the fault of the system, you know, the, the, the failure to do whatever was necessary. The, there, there are protections, like you said. They are there for a reason. Um, and nobody wants to see justice not be done. No one wants to see people who've done terrible things walk free. But no one wants to see people who've done nothing uh, be punished for it. And, and that's, it, it's a balance for that reason. One day we'll have to spend some time talking about it in that same vein. You know, one thing that was disturbing to me um, again, we stay real apolitical here. We don't really talk about Republicans. We don't talk about Democrats. But just observing legal things that happen, <clears throat> if you followed the, the presidency of Donald Trump, um, there at the end, he had hired all these attorneys to represent him on whatever, you know, falsified votes or, you know, whatever was going on. And so he retained attorneys and attorneys made filings on his behalf, I guess Giuliani and uh, I can't remember that other lady's name. Uh, but, you know, they're in the process of, you know, their local bars are trying to disbar them, um, keep them from practicing law. And I don't know all the facts. That's why we need to do a deep dive. Uh, but, but people will ask me, you know, if, if would your firm have represented Bill Cosby if he had been accused of these horrible things? And, and I always tell people, like, yes, everybody deserves a defense. No matter how despicable you think the actions are, no matter how despicable you think the person is, everyone deserves a defense attorney, a defense. Um, and I think that's hard for people who don't practice law, for people who don't spend a lot of time talking about the law. I think that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of folks. But otherwise, we don't really have a justice system. We just have like a railroad. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. You know? exactly. So that's... Uh, right, and, and just to jump in, guys, I mean, you guys are immersed in it every single day. And you think about this Cosby situation, and it's the shiny object. I mean, somebody wants to push that shiny object because uh, everybody knew him, uh, knew him on TV. And you're going to get a lot of attention if you push that particular issue uh, that involves Bill Cosby, who everybody knows. Yeah. So, you know, that we don't we can't get in the minds of the people that are, that are putting it back out there. But I, I can kind of see why, hey, that's that's Bill Cosby.
And yeah. So, but from a legal standpoint, you guys do it every single day. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I really hope, and I don't know if Cosby's got enough energy and enough enough money because Cosby's in his eighties. Is that right? I mean, he's early. And, and, I, and I, if you see him now, man, like he, yeah, he does this look took good. a lot out of him. Like you can tell, like he's he's not the same. Man. Yeah, his his eyes kind of. He's got something going on with his eyes, and he's got the cane, and he's he's struggling to get around. But I hope, man, I would love to see someone hold whoever's liable, attorney general, DA, whoever in Pennsylvania. Because that's a waste of taxpayer. To me, it just seems open and shut. Like we talked, we talked one week about one of the things you have to have as an attorney to push things forward to litigate is you have to have a controversy, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know there was ever any controversy here. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a lot of political pressure, man. I think that's. I think Morgan said it best. It's the shiny object. There's a ton of political pressure. You've got cancel culture, uh, and it, I'm with you. Like these people. They have law degrees. They've practiced law. They understand the law. And, you know, it should be obvious that there's nothing here. And, I, and I'm with you on that completely. And I haven't, I haven't heard a lot on that. That's just, that's just been my personal thought. So maybe there's something else out there, which is why there's not a national discussion. But if you, if you don't have these protections, if you don't have this counterweight, hmm. then, then people get swept up in emotion. People get swept up in the, in the again, the horrible, horrible facts. If taken to be true, uh, people get consumed by that. But this should have never gotten this far. Sure. Or yeah. he should have been charged in like, you know, 1992 or whenever all this. Yeah, happened. exactly. Charge him then. Like, that's that's a great point, man. Because, like, we're not saying mm-hmm. don't charge him. That's not the point at all. Like, if he charge him, but don't handle it this way and tell him you're not going to charge him, solicit, you know, it, it statements uh, for a civil purpose and then come back and, and, and try to do it then. Yeah. Because it's a slippery slope, man. We say it all the time. And that can be, you know, you set the precedent that that's okay it can get used, you know, in a similar fact pattern where, you know, it, it, like you said, people get railroaded by it. I was going to say, is it fair to say that Cosby will come back? We'll do a deep dive on, on because it's probably going to be around for a while. Yeah, I, I think that could be. I, yeah. I think that could be fair to say. Yeah. I wanted to point out before I went to law school, I never said slippery slope. Say it all the time. I, I say it like three times. Ten a times day. a day. Yeah, yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's, it's a, a slippery slope. It's a crutch. I could give you that snack, Charlie, but it's a slippery, <laughs> it's a slippery slope. slope. I don't yeah. want to. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to set a precedent. You'll be addicted to pop tarts like me for several years. <laughs> uh, a show on pop tarts that might be good. Yeah. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the power behind this program. They're the managing partners there. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. They've got offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia, and they've got 46 combined years' experience. We know that there are probably some of you out there that are having your own legal situation. You've got questions. Well, we've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can also email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com, and we certainly want you to visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back with a little bit more after this. It's New York Times article on Roe versus Wade. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. We have Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer on set with us. And as always, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm is where you can find them, managing partners there. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. 46 combined years experience between these two. And again, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got your own legal situation right now and you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you, 800 
800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And check out the website. It's a great one, theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen? Well, Morgan, up next, uh, and we've talked about this before. We'll talk about it for I don't know how long, but, uh, you know, a big legal conversation in our country has been and, and will be uh, abortion. And so we spent a lot of time talking about Roe v. Wade, kind of where the settled law is, right? You know, what the what Roe, Roe v. Wade says, you know, abortion is legal. Uh, states can limit it in certain ways, uh, but there's strong protections uh, in place right now uh, with federal law on, on what states can do, how they can limit access, how they can limit uh you know, just, just a bunch of limitations. And, and that's been the settled law since the 70s. Um, and so now this past year, we've got a new Supreme Court uh, that you can argue has kind of a conservative tilt. And they have heard several cases already on, on not, not directly uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, but they've heard several cases that will certainly at least weaken Roe v. Wade if, if the court comes down, like some people speculate they'll come down. And... I saw a big article, I think it was the New York Times, but I saw, I, I saw and read a big article, it was really well done, just talking about a lot of states that kind of jump on the gun. Like right now, the Supreme Court has heard oral arguments on a couple of cases, and we've talked about them, Joe. Um, the Texas law, mm -hmm. yeah, the Texas state law, uh, which, which looks to... You remember that one? You remember the story? Yeah, so the Texas state law, we, we, again, we, we deep dive on so many things. We, we've done a couple of stories on that. Um, and basically what that law tried to do was essentially... Uh, circumvent the, the the constitutional requirements, and it and it basically deputized citizens in a way, um, and it, and it kind of went around the prohibition of state action and and gave individuals a vehicle to to civilly sue to enjoin basically abortion. So it was kind of a we talked about how it was a very unique way to go about prohibiting something, um, and, and it all it kind of just tried to circumvent the, the constitutional requirement altogether and get around it in a, in a super unique method. Yeah, and, and I think at the time, and I still kind of feel this way, I, I don't like the mechanism, right? Whether you're pro-abortion or you're for abortion, I think most Americans probably fall in that limited abortion. Somewhere type. in the middle. Yeah, yeah somewhere in the yeah, middle. Sure. Um, and, and we're not here to say abortion's right or abortion's wrong. We're, we're just here to tell you about what legally is, is transpiring but that Texas state law, I, I'm real uncomfortable with it, not because it attempts to limit abortion, but like you said, the unique way it tries to punish people who are administering that constitutional right, right? So you, that, I think that Texas state law, you could sue a doctor who performed an abortion, mm -hmm. even though abortion is protected and it's constitutionally protected and that doctor can't face any federal uh, penalties for doing it uh, under the state law. I could sue him if I decided I didn't like the fact he was performing an abortion and gave me an avenue uh, to sue him for damages or you could sue somebody who takes uh, someone to have an abortion done or the secretary at the abortion clinic. So it just it opened up this avenue to punish people for doing something that was otherwise constitutionally protected. And I don't like that because that could easily be applied to, to anything. Guns, yeah. gun sales. Right. If you're in, if you live in a state that's kind of anti-gun. You have a Second Amendment right to possess a gun. Let's say that state, let's say California decides, okay, well, if Texas can do this to the constitutional right of abortion, we're going to do it to people who sell guns. Yeah, and you make a good point, man. And that's that's the thing with, with you know, there may be, 
if you look, you know, we don't like to look at things in terms of, you know, conservative versus liberal. We don't like to, to dissect things that way. But if you, you look at those traditional perspectives and traditionally a conservative is going to, you know, be very much against abortion. You may have a conservative person who looks at, at this kind of wacky way to prohibit abortions as a good thing because they think abortion is bad and this is stopping abortions. But along those same lines, generally speaking, that's the same type of person who's, who's going to be staunch gun advocates and gun right advocates. And like you said, the same exact mechanism of action can be used to go after gun rights as well. So it's, it's one of those things where it may be, you know, you may think it's a good thing, but then it can be turned around and it can be used against you. And that's why I'm with you. I hate, I hate the way that they went about it because it can, where does it stop? Well, and to piggyback on our Cosby conversation, again, you may, the things Cosby is accused of are horrible, but if there's not a system, you know, if there's a way to circumvent, you know, uh, the constitutional protections in place to keep you from, uh, you know, um, the Fifth Amendment from incriminating yourself, if you just skip over that in the because you you think Cosby should be in jail, that's that's this Texas law to me. Sure. You're you're sure. skipping over constitutional protections because you're in game as people shouldn't be allowed to get abortions, and that's fine if you believe that. But getting there that way is is not fine if you're you know if you believe in the Constitution and you believe in the judiciary and you believe in the separation of powers, then this Texas state law, I, I think it should have been struck down already. Yeah. The fact that it's been in place this long, um, I just don't think it's a good way to achieve their goal. I think it's a bad precedent, and the longer it survives, the, the worse off we are. But in response to this, there's been a, a, a big national conversation on abortion law, which I think everybody pretty much thought was pretty much settled. You know, it's not something that gets, um, but anyway, so we got a lot of states who are limiting abortion access, uh, weeks, you know, I think a lot of these states are doing 15, 10 weeks, um, limits that are well under what Roe v. Wade, the law of the land allows. Um, and so a lot of states are just jumping the gun and, and making these laws that will get struck down. Mm. So when we, I mean, I don't know if we're weeks or months away, but at some point we're going to get a very big Supreme court decision on all these abortion cases that they've been hearing this, this, uh, this session. And so those will probably all be put into one opinion. Um, and if they limit Roe v. Wade, then these state, these, these state laws will stay in effect. But if they don't limit Roe v. Wade, then all these are going to get overturned immediately. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we talked about the Texas law extensively. We talked about a few others, but it's interesting, man. And we could speculate on why, you know, why all, so many states are passing this, you know, what appears to be, at least by the existing standard, overly restrictive legislation. And I, I don't know, man. I don't know that I have a thought. Maybe they look at the makeup of the court. And, and again, we you don't like to look at the court in terms of political leanings. But uh, I don't know if, if these states are trying to force that issue to be uh, heard. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to say, but we're going to see there's going to be a, we this is forcing the hand of, a, of some sort of ruling and some sort of further elaboration on that Roe v. Wade ruling. So we will hear you know, the court's position, uh, you know, whether it's upheld, whether there's some kind of modification of the standard, I think we're going to see something. Yeah. And, and the, you know, just so people know, it's, it, we talked about separation of powers, kind of the balance. Um, if the Supreme Court decides something on Roe v. Wade that as a nation, you know, we don't like, there can always be a federal law. Sure. Right. So, so it's not like the U.S. Supreme Court is, is the be all end all. They are on the things that come before them. 
but they don't they don't make laws, and, and so there could always be a federal law regarding abortion. There's there could always be changes uh, that kind of preempt that. But again, we'll talk about this a lot more. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court is going to issue some big, big time decisions on abortion again in the next few months, definitely before the end of the year. So that'll be be something to talk about. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about it. And and it's like you said, you know, I think if you look at it as it stands today, which is what we really have to do, because you have to look, you know, we have precedent for a reason. And if you look at what the court has ruled previously, I think it's fairly clear that that Pretty much all of these laws we've talked about would, you know, they're unconstitutional. Right um, now, as they stand. As they stand currently. Yeah. So it's just an interesting route to push that issue, uh, for sure. Roe versus Wade, uh, not going away, folks. It'll be a uh, topic of discussion on future shows. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. You can find Josh and Joe at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, 46 combined years experience between these two. And again, offices pretty much everywhere. We call them the Starbucks of, of lawyers. That's right. Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you've got a legal question that you're facing and you need some answers, here's a number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And you can get in touch. Just leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can also uh, email us, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We'll answer those questions on future programs. And always visit the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. Coming up, four men facing federal charges on conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer back in 2020. That's coming up next on The Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyer. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer on set, and we are talking legalese. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm is where you can find them during the week. Uh, they're managing partners there, and again, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Uh, we get into legal topics. You're going to have your own legal questions, maybe something you're going through. And if you need answers, I've got a number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney will be in touch with you with Whitaker and Hamer. Always, you can email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, where are we going next? Well, we got, we got two stories I wanted to talk about in, in this segment. Uh, one, I didn't pay a lot of attention to this when it happened, but, you know, it was kind of a crazy summer in 2020. There was a lot of different things going on, um, a lot of stuff happening in Michigan with uh, – uh, BLM protest, and then they had a lot of pandemic. That was a state that had a lot of pandemic lockdowns. What a it, crazy year! It was nuts. <laughs> man. That was. I think. I think like our kids will learn about that, like we learned about like 1968. Yeah. I think, yeah. Right. That's going to be there. 2020 is there. 1968. Um, but anyway, it was a crazy time. But one of the stories that came up was there was uh, the FBI foiled uh, a reported kidnapping attack uh, attempt of uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who was depending on how you felt about the pandemic and how you felt about lockdowns, was either really, really uh, popular or really, really derived. Yeah, it was very few, like, she's doing an okay job. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> or terrible. I right? had forgotten about yeah. it, but, you know, there was a story, you know, she had locked down everything, right? Yeah. So Michigan's Upper Peninsula is a big vacation area. Do you uh -huh. remember this? Yeah. And uh, so she had locked down everything. Like, I can't remember what it was, but basically if you had a second home, she's like, you can't even, you can't go to your second yeah. home. Um, 
And so they had a second home, I guess, her and her husband in the Upper Peninsula. And so her husband called the marina that serviced this lake or wherever they were. And he was like, I'm the governor's husband, and you're going to put my boat in the water, and I don't care about any of these restrictions, you know. But do you remember that story? I, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around a group of people sitting around thinking it might be a good idea to plot yeah. to kidnap a sitting governor. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. I didn't hear much about the story. I heard it happen. You're like, oh, that's terrible. No one wants that to happen. No matter how much you like or dislike your governor, you're not rooting for them to get sure. kidnapped by an of all the things militia. you're rooting for. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so bad news, but I didn't hear much else from the story. And now, so now we're finally getting to the point where some of these defendants, some of the people charged in, in this attempt, and, and, and I, I'm doing air quotes if you're listening to the radio, like attempt in quotation marks, because a lot of these defendants, some have pled guilty. And they've got sentence. I think one or possibly two have, have pled guilty. And um, the other defendants are like, no, 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 uh, I was entrapped. Because basically they're, they're alleging there was a three, F, three or four FBI informants involved. Um, the FBI informant started this chat group and, and put out an ad for, for help in doing this. And, and, and it sounds like maybe there was some missteps. You know, the government. <laughs> help it. They, I think they That's wanted. It's not funny, man, but it's. Ah, so they the Craigslist? I don't know. So this informant, these informants kind of attracted these these guys to kind of talk about this attempt. But I guess that's part of the argument is like, hey, our guys were, you know, you're the one who, you know, you, the FBI, you're yeah. the one who created this situation. And yeah, they shouldn't have been going along with you, but they weren't instrumental sure. in the formation of this plan. And so there was three FBI informants, I guess, involved, and they've all left the FBI. Mm -hmm. I think one got charged for doing something, drugs or something. Uh, but they're, they're, none of them are with the FBI, and they all left under not great um, They all had some form of transgression. Right. Yeah. So all these FBI informants that helped put this case together are, are gone. And so the attorneys that represent these defendants on some very serious charges are kind of looking at it now and saying, well, wait a minute, what exactly did my guy do? You know, how did they get involved? Were they um, entrapped by the government? And entrapment's... A defense that you don't really see often. It doesn't work often. Sure. Because the government can, can do a lot um, to try to get information on, on an active criminal enterprise. Um, and Which we, is a good, I mean. We want that. Yeah, exactly. We want that. But there is, a, there is a tipping point where the government becomes maybe the primary bad actor. Yeah. Um, trying to get people, you know, into something like this. And, and so here... I think it's just interesting because I'm, they're going to go to trial, right? There's been no plea deal in federal court. A lot of times there, uh, there are plea deals, but it sounds like this is going to go to trial. And this entrapment defense, which is, again, not successful often, is their, you know, their ace of spades. Or big, is that the big so, card? What do you yeah, say? Yeah, so yeah, in yeah, layman's terms, works. in layman's terms, you're saying or they're saying, I should, their defense is saying that they were nudged in the direction of the kidnapping. Yeah, I think it's more than a nudge. I think a, a, I think a nudge is, is arguably permissible. Uh, but there's, there's a line where it becomes, you know, they, where it becomes entrapment. And it's a difficult, difficult thing to prove. And there was some planning. Like, they, I think they sent one of the guys to, like, look at. They figured out where she lived, and they, you know, they, they, I guess they got some supplies. But when you actually lay out the federal government's argument on this, and again, I just read a couple of articles. I haven't seen what you would see at a trial or what you'd see if you were defending. But to me, it looks kind of weak when yeah. you when you lay it all out there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's fair. But uh, but I'm no I'm no federal judge. I I, I don't know. But it's gonna that's another one we're gonna be watching because I think that's interesting. If the entrapment defense works, you just don't see that play out very often. 
No, no, you don't. And uh, it'll be interesting to see it play out and to see the the approach and to see whether it's successful. So, yeah. Much more successful than the plot to kidnap the governor was. Yeah. I think 2020 made people do weird things, man. These these people, surely. That should just be a defense. It was, yeah, 20, it was, it was 2020. 2020. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it was a would, crazy time. W- wouldn't it be interesting, like, if we could just flash forward 20 years and look back yeah. uh, and how society is, is viewing what we went through in 2020, 2021? It'd be hard to explain. It'd be hard to explain to people 20 years ago, man, for sure. And there's another story I want to talk about, but you've been following it closer than me. Yeah, so we, we've got Cain uh, Velasquez, uh, UFC fighter, mm-hmm. th- th- reached the peak level of the sport. I mean, there was a period of time where he was considered like one of the pound-for-pound pound best to ever do it. Very, very successful. Um, by all accounts, a, a sweetheart of a guy, like very well liked by his peers, um, which is it's weird to think of someone who beats people <laughs> up as a sweetheart of a guy. But uh, by all accounts, a, a, a good person. Um, arrested recently for, for multiple attempted murder charges. And so when this news came out, you know, the, the, the initial story was just that he had basically fired on a vehicle uh, with people in it, and he had hit it. I think he had hit one of the individuals. Very confusing story if you know anything about Cain Velasquez. And so that was the initial report. A lot of people come out in support of him. Turns out, uh, you know, that apparently there was a, an individual who, I don't know the exact facts, I think worked at a daycare with one of his kids yeah, yeah, and had, that. like, for an extended period of time, molested one of his, his young children for, like, an extended period of time. And that person, I think, was, was arrested, charged, and then ultimately released, and then he decided to, to kind of take the law into his own hands and go kind of vigilante style and, yeah. unfortunately, fired on the vehicle and, and didn't even hit the individual that he was he was going after i think he hit that person's stepfather but um well i think the interesting thing so far is is and you mentioned this earlier is he's being held and of course three counts of attempted murder is what it sounds like the charges are there'll probably be some more charges but no bail yeah no bail and that's the that's the thing you've seen a ton of of high profile people um you know be it celebrities ufc fighters people who know him have written in support of him receiving bail, basically. So there's been a large, you know, groundswell of support for him to to be released. Because I mean, it's hard to say he's he's a flight risk. You know, it's 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 very. I think I think uh, I don't spend my day to day in criminal law, but uh, we do handle a lot of criminal law at the firm. To be denied bail is, is a big step. And flight risk is one of the things that go yeah. into it. Yeah. You know, danger to yourself or, or the community. And I don't know that we have, I mean, just another attempted murder. I'm doing a lot of air quotes today because yeah, we're on yeah. TV. Does it translate to the radio? It's a tough one, man. That's a tough one because, you know, we talk about these terrible things that people do and we advocate for the system, how important that system is. And, uh, but it's, it, it's about as tough of a thing to say that on when you're talking about, you know, someone, you know, molesting children, abusing children. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it really becomes difficult, man. And as a as a, a legal analyst, you can step back and you can say, you know, this is, he shouldn't do this. Let the system play out. But then as like a father to oh, children, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's very easy to understand how he like it's it's you can see it. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You can understand it. Yeah. Um, not a monster. Not a monster. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's the, and he what, what doesn't make sense to me is why shoot at him like he he was just. You could just grab this man, honestly, <laughs> like at the end of the day. And, yeah. you know, but 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 
that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, the, the no bail part is, is the most, you know, again, looking at it from a legal analyst and not a father, not a victim and not a defendant, but the denying bail to someone who doesn't appear to be a flight risk doesn't appear like he's going to harm anybody else randomly. Yep. It's clearly, there was a clearly a motive. I, I don't, I don't get it, but. This reminds me of, uh, we, we're going back to our long abandoned legal movie tournament that's going to come back into play one of these days. <laughs> time to kill. You can't comment on it because you've never seen, seen the movie. Seen it. It's basically it. a time to kill with Samuel L. Jackson playing the part of Cain Velasquez. You should check that movie out. Does he get denied bail in there? No, he, um, he, he gets arrested and there's like racial tension that's involved in this as well. Basically, his, his kid gets like brutally raped. He kills the, the people responsible, some of them. And uh, Matthew McConaughey is his attorney, one of the great movie attorneys of all time. He gets them off, actually. Uh, he gets them all. So. Interesting. Yeah. I'll watch it one day. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up the program immediately following this break. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. You can find them at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Uh, if you've got your own legal situation, you've got questions, here's a number for you. You can call it 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can also email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this to wrap it up. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyer. We have Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer with us. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm is where you can find them. Managing partners there. They're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. Uh, 46 combined years experience between these two and offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And you may be having a legal situation of your own and you've got questions. I've got a phone number for you. 800-659-1186. That's 800 800- 659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly what the call's about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. Well, we're back to wrap it up, guys. Uh, it's been a fun show, but uh, we've got a couple of little things to talk about. Well, I wanted to... Uh, I haven't done it yet. Have you seen Batman? I've seen... It's the, the Batman, yes. I've seen the Batman. So, so it's, it's, just a re, it's just a reboot. It's the... Yeah, it's, a re, it's, it's basically a reboot. They don't do a whole lot of bat. You know, normally with Batman movies, you get the, like, flashback to, to his parents dying. That's, like, the seminal moment. Uh, and they don't even do that. They, don't even, they, they reference it, but it's more, it's just a complete reboot, yeah. So there's no real continuity. There's no reference to, like, a larger extended universe. It's all self-contained. So. Is there, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so I don't know if it's been out there. And paid Let's out. summarize the plot. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about it again. Yeah. Is there a bad guy? Is there like- yeah, yeah, bad guy. There's, there's, there's uh, several. So you've got the, the Riddler's like the main bad guy, and it's a real different take. It's a dark movie, man. I took the kids, and I kind of regretted it yeah. almost instantly. Someone told me not to take our little guys. Yeah, yeah. It's, close to a, it's close to an R. It's very close to an R. Yeah. So there's actually F-bombs that get dropped. That's usually like a dead giveaway. Yeah. I think they give them one. For a PG thirteen movie, and they they use it like early. I've heard from but, several uh, that it's it's good. It's good, yeah, it's good. It's uh it's dark. Um, and and Batman is played by Robert Pattinson, Twilight every uh, time vampire. I, every time yeah. I see him, I think Twilight. I never saw that. He's had a couple of other movies that were more like that. He's more serious in, and that will take that Twilight taste out of your mouth. If that's did, a so thing. Did, did the Christian Bale voice? He does. He does a different. Yeah, he he's got his own voice, uh, similar but different. It's not quite as like. Ugh. But uh, you know, he doesn't. All right, he's an all right Batman uh, to me. Good Batman, even. But uh, 
is not a lot of Bruce Wayneing in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's real sad and like. He's supposed to be like a billionaire playboy type of thing in my head, and that's not really. Well, the he's only, more of like a sad boy. The only true Batman is Michael Keaton. Yeah, you know Michael Keaton is reprising the role of Batman. Right, in like a in multiverse. The Flash, yeah. Oh yeah, like, so like a multiverse. Yeah, yep, so. yeah. So I'm gonna see that because I'm not a big Flash guy, but I'm gonna see that. But I heard a story. You know what Michael Keaton does? Like anytime he's like on SNL or he's like on the on the set of like a different movie. Have you ever heard this story? I have not, no. no. When he needs to like lighten people up, like he'll whisper to them. Like he'll, you know, like making jokes <laughs> on Batman the set. whisper? Yeah, he just goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> he just says it. They'll say, he'll say it like uh, 20 times a day. He'll yeah. just say that. This he, Batman movie's not funny at all. There's no humor. It's very dark. I'd say it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's long, man. It's like, I, I want to say it's right at three hours. So anytime you get close to three hours, yeah. it's lengthy. But no, good, man. Definitely good. Different, um, serious, very serious. Now, my question is, if Michael Keaton is your Batman, is it more Michael Keaton, or is it the fact that Jack Nicholson's the bad guy? Well, Jack, he is the only Joker. I will accept no other Joker. Not even Heath Ledger. Uh, he you was know? good, though. Yeah. Heath Ledger was good. He was. No Jared Leto. I, I'll give you that. Like, no. Yeah, they need terrible. to get out of that. Yeah, they're out of that. I think they're done with that. I think that's dead. That's gone. Yeah, I think it's dead. Yeah. I, I grew up, and, and Morgan, you probably did this too, we're close in age, but I grew up on the... TBS reruns, right? Yes. So I'd watch Mork and Mindy, and I'd watch Three's Company. But they used to rerun the old Batman, Adam West Batman, the Adam West yeah. Batman. No, no muscle tone. No, no, Batman. none needed. He this is need very. It. This is as far removed from Adam West Batman as it could possibly. But that be. that Adam West Batman, it has a place in our society. Like if you yeah, watch it, sure. it's still it it's still entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. if superheroes wore PJs, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, it'd be perfect. He didn't need the muscle tone. He didn't need the. There's not a lot of this. Isn't it's not really an action movie. I mean, it is. There's action, but it's more of like a. It, I almost liken it to the movie Seven. Like, that's a weird thing Ooh. to do. But really? it's, it's dark. Yeah, it's very dark. dark. It's dark. Yeah, it's dark. So. I haven't seen that movie, so that doesn't mean anything. What did you... <laughs> Jeez, man. Uh, you, you, Come on. Seven is dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's, it's, a, it's like a lighter Seven. The Riddler's very much like dark, man. He's not like playing pranks on people. He's just murdering people, basically. <laughs> so very unlike yeah. the Riddler and Adam West. Very, very you, unlike Jim Carrey's Riddler. Do you know the name of the Batman person forever. who played Riddler on the Adam West Batman? Um, no, man. I know that uh, Cesar Romero is the face. Joker, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know his name either. I can see his face, too. <laughs> it wasn't a quiz. Yeah. On, I don't man. know it either. If anyone should know it, it's you. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to beef up on it, because... Yeah, go see the Batman. I'll, I'll, say, go see, I'll say see the Batman. So I'll take my 12-year-old, me, my wife, and my 12-year-old, but I think I'm going to leave my 10-year-old. I took a 6-year-old, and uh, I think he was just very confused by it, you know? But uh, 30-second plug for the firm. Go. Me and Joe, we are real attorneys. We're the managing partners of Whitaker and Hamer. We don't mention it enough. Uh, Morgan's got the information, but we can help you. We've got our attorneys who practice real estate, family law, criminal law, uh, civil litigation, um, offices, all over the place. That's our goal, as, as Morgan said. Uh, but we're happy to help you with your legal needs. Uh, one of our attorneys will be happy to meet with you. We'll be happy to talk with you if you follow Morgan's instructions. All right, there you go. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firms, where you can find them during the week. And folks, they are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina, managing partners of the firm. And if you've got your legal situation, call this number, 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. That's 800-659-1186. We're back next week.
is hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of this show, contact us directly.